Hello and good morning to you, my beloved brothers and sisters in the Lord. It's a very rainy Friday morning here in the city of Abuja. And that's where I'm reaching you from this morning to bring today's episode of our ongoing daily fellowship with the world. Father, we thank you. Oh, Father, we give you praise. Thank you, precious Father. Because you are our Father, we have absolutely nothing to fear. You who give the rain at its proper time, the sun and the moon at their time, you have made the seasons to be stable, not because we asked, not because we cried, but because you know what we need. We thank you, Father. And I pray, Lord, that every heart in this fellowship, in this community, that hears those words will come to a place of absolute peace, that we can rest, not on our effort and struggles, but we can rest on your kindness. We can rest on your faithfulness. We can rest on your grace. We can rest on your wisdom. We can rest on your provisions. Thank you, Father. As you continue to open our eyes, we pray, Lord, that our heart will continue to open, to absorb all this energy, all this life that comes from you to us. We give you the praise, and this morning we give you the glory. Thank you for all that you have done. We pray just as Christ would have prayed, and everybody with me this morning will say a loud amen and amen and amen. So, beloved, Amazingly, we began this journey of looking at the content of our heart. Let me tell you the truth. If I have anything right that I worry about, I'm not worried about God, I'm not worried about hell, I'm not worried about witches, wizards, no, not at all. I'm not, I'm not perturbed about these things at all, at all. I'm not even concerned. I'm not worried about uh, you know, what men say. No, I have no worry about that. If I have any worry, I must confess to you this morning is that in everything I do, I want to make sure that my heart is at the right place. And I just want to share that with you this morning. I want to make sure that my heart is at the right place. And because the more I go through this journey, the more I see that with God, that is where success lies in all things. Praise God. And you see, that's why, like I, I say to people, you come to a place in your life where you look at yourself and say, you know what? There are some certain things that just is not necessary. They're not necessary. You are not doing something because you are trying to prove a point to nobody. You are not desperately desiring for something because you know that's you know all those burdens, all those things are lifted up off our shoulders, and then our life just balances the way it's supposed to balance. We can enjoy. Remember what Jesus said. He said, "In least in this world, you're going to have challenges." The challenge is not coming from God because we're living in a world where we have systems built by men and the main system is is not is is always unstable they rise and they fall you know and um if for example think about it I was sharing this with somebody a few days ago think about it if politics was about serving the people if politics was about the interest of the people. Now, I'm using Nigeria now as a case study on this. If politics was about doing good, if politics was really, really, if politics was not about personal interest, if it was for the interest of the nation, if it was to select the best people who can guide 
right? The prosperity of the people and they handle their problem. Many of the presidential aspirants in Nigeria now will be campaigning for somebody because it's not difficult for you to see who among all this chariot of people has been able to prove, right, that in the place of power, we can do things correctly. It's only one, right? It's only one. So, but you see, man's system is not really about what he said is about. No, it's about driving personal ambition. It's about driving. And this is also some of the things that was translated because we have men who did not understand salvation who came into ministry. So ministry became also of personal ambition. Ministry also became about, and that is why, you know, because God is not moving the people, we have to move the people to do things. We have to scare them to do things. We have to threaten them to do things. We have to harass them to do things. And when it's not working, we can fake it out. Why? Because don't forget, it's man's way. Man is trying to do something. And by the grace of God, that's why I keep pointing you guys back to faith. Whatever this message cannot deliver for us, whatever having faith in Christ cannot give us, maybe it was not supposed to be ours in the first place. But don't forget, our Father has given us all things. And now, so I continue. Don't forget, I've been talking about this for quite some time now, the place of the heart. And this is something. Did you know that a man can be in a physical prison, right? Just listen to me this morning. A man can be in a physical prison, but live in freedom because their heart is free. Did you know that? A man can be in physical prison and live in freedom because their heart is free. It's that liberty. A man can be outside, moving around, gallivanting everywhere, but yet live in prison because their heart is in prison. Did you notice that? A man can live outside, no physical limitation, can go wherever they want to go, do whatever they want to do, but, but if you look at it, their heart is completely in a very bad place. And so, and so, why am I bringing all this up? And so, why am I bringing this up this morning? It is friends, you know, this is something we can all do, that we look at, because if we come with the period of heart, then our heart is always in the right place, right? And I'm going to further this morning. Yesterday, I talked about giving from the place of the heart. And of course, you know that. And since I came into the ministry fully and full-time, this is, this, is, this is all I have thought. I have never changed it. Oh, have we had financial challenges where I would have started changing it? Yes. Have we needed money so badly where we could have no? But this is the only thing we have taught any man about giving. That giving, you can call your giving anything. You can call it offering. You can call it seed. You can call it tight. You remember all those names. Now We are the ones who know all those names. What God is looking at is the condition of our heart. Whatever you call it, the, the, what makes it an offering that God loves, remember, is that is the position, the cheerfulness. The Bible says God loves a hilarious giver somebody who gives wow with so much excitement you are excited and if you read the place i read yesterday you can see that Bar paul goes on and on to explain how all this generosity will cause thanksgiving to god and how this generosity will spare the heart of the people to pray more right you know uh, because their heart has been touched 
And the purpose of giving is two things in that place. Of course, to take care of the people of God and also to further the preaching of the gospel. Now, no matter whatever name you call it, no matter whatever thing you say it is, you can call it anything. But the most important thing, I hear all this teaching about, oh, no, this giving is like this. This one is offering. Offering is different from tithe. Tithe is different from uh, seed. Seed is different from, uh, from uh, seed is different from first fruit. First fruit is well, and they continue to analyze these things. I began teaching people clearly from the beginning. Giving is a function of the heart. Whatever you decide in your heart. And you know why that is important? Because that also reveals your heart to you. If you have a lot of money and then you don't see it as necessity to give to the gospel, then we begin to ask whether you actually believe the gospel. Because if the gospel makes meaning to you, if you see the value of the gospel, and you can, you will not tell me that you will not give. If you don't, if you are receiving this message and you know you think it's working for you, think this is something people need to hear, you think, and you don't think how this can move forward in any way, then you start to ask whether your heart is really need. So you know why I love the gospel. The gospel reveals every man's true nature. Because if I frighten you to give, you can give, but your heart is not there. But if I tell you the truth and you decide not to give, it's better. You know the gospel has performed its work. You know who you are. And that's why God does it that way. That is also why today believing is not by force. God does not force any man to believe. He lays down the guidelines and the truth for you to jump in with your heart. Praise God. And so this is exactly what is supposed to be. This is exactly what the gospel does. And so when the gospel produces people who are not giving, it doesn't mean the gospel is not true. It means the gospel is true because it has revealed their true nature. You can be giving and not be a giver, especially when we give for the sake of transaction, uh, you know, uh, uh, casino kind of giving. Uh, you know, you throw in those coins and then you roll the coins and then the machine is supposed to uh, pay you back. No, God has supplied. And what the Bible is talking about here, that the more we are generous in our giving, the more the supply continues to flow. Praise God. Amen and amen. So, remember this teaching is not about giving. We all, I only highlighted this because of the position of the heart. That's what I'm highlighting this on. Don't forget, where you spend your money is where your heart really is. It's as simple as that. There's no one who can dispute that. Now, let me move on this morning to read another scripture to you in order to um, kind of continue to support what I've been telling you about the condition of the heart. I talked about giving. Now, this one is talking about our service, what our service should be like. What should motivate our service? Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, it comes nothing down to the position of our heart. Notice I have talked about this in the place of prayer. I've talked about this in the place of giving money. Now I'm talking about this in this space or in this area of service, manifesting the gifts that God has given to us. First Corinthians chapter number 13. First Corinthians chapter number 13. Look at what it says. Of course, the TPT. Verse 1, if I were to speak with eloquence in its many languages, if I were to speak with eloquence in its many languages 
and in the heavenly tongues of angels. So I speak so eloquently with the language of man and the language of the spirits. Let me say it that way. I'm so eloquent in them that it mesmerizes everybody. Yet I did not express myself with love. So what is coming out of my mouth, there is no energy of love in my heart to support it. That's what he's saying. I am eloquent in my mouth, but there's no energy of love, right, in my spirit to support it. You know what he says? He says, my words will be reduced to the hollow sound of nothing more than a clanging cymbal. You know what a cymbal is? Bam. So in other words, you are just your eloquence is just noise. Now, it may mesmerize men, it may, uh, you know, but in the eyes of the Father, in the eyes of God, the Bible says that you are just like nothing. You are just making an empty noise. Don't forget. And beloved, did you notice today, like especially in this part of the world, men are more drawn to supernatural gifts than they are drawn to the fruit of the Spirit. Did you notice that? They are drawn to everybody's is desirous of walking in mighty miracles. They walk or walk in the graveyard without saying anything. All the dead people will raise up. They lay their hands and then every blind man sees. You know, why is that? Of course, that will quickly pull crowd to you. Of course, that will quickly give you fame, right? Don't forget what we're talking about, the place of the heart, right? And so here, you barely hear. Nobody, we don't give testimonies about the fruit of the spirit. No, nobody cares about that. Everybody's drawn to the supernatural things because, of course, that will get you quickly noticed immediately, right? Think about that. Just think about that. And so when they talk, but everything you and I are talking about here has to do with the core fruit of the Spirit. And what is that? Love in our heart, the place of our heart. Praise God. Notice this very carefully. Now, I didn't say what I said now to make less of the gift of the Spirit. No. We cannot despise the gift of the Spirit. But I think we are more balanced when both are at work in our life. Because, for example, men will prefer to learn how to sound eloquently than give their heart to love. That's what it says. And, and, and in the eyes of God here, the Bible says, if I were to speak with the eloquence in many languages, not just one language, in many, and also in heavenly tongues of angels. And that expression did not come with love. He said, my words will be reduced to hollow sound of nothing more than a clanging symbol. Verse 2, and if I were to have the gift of prophecy, think about this, beloved. Think about when I said that the church, and I will continue to say this, no matter who feels offended, no matter... Think about this, beloved. You will see how far away the church is from Christ today. And I'll continue to say this. I am not sitting here saying I'm doing it perfectly, but if we don't say the truth, we continue to wallow in darkness. Think about what the scripture says in this verse. If I were to have the gift of prophecy, why is that? Because that's what everybody runs about. That's what, in fact, and the prophecy is not to reveal their own heart. The prophecy that they prefer is the one that will point to somebody else as the cause of their problem. But really, if we're really, really seeing now, who is a prophet? Think about this. Let me give you this example. Let me give you this example. So let's say you are single, right? You are listening to me this morning. You are single. And I ask you, 
What is the responsibility for you being single? What I mean single is that you've been desiring to marry for a long time. It has not happened. You have had a couple of relationships and it has not happened, right? And I ask you, why are you still single? Why are you not married? What are the reasons you will give me? Of course, some people will say, well, God have not done it. God, I've been praying. God have not answered yet. Notice, once you say that, so the problem is with God. God has not decided your matter yet. God has not favored you yet, right? God has not, uh, God doesn't think you need it. And, and your age is increasing, so you are becoming more desperate. Your friends are getting married. You are becoming more desperate. Even the people you think you are better off than are all getting married. And you are in church praying, uh, fasting, doing all the church things, doing all the church gear things, and yet uh, the thing is not happening. So now you have become desperate. And then I ask you, say, well, you are, you are not married because God has not answered. So the problem is not with you, it's with God. Or people will say, well, there are no more good men. What a useless thing to say. What a useless, or somebody to say, oh, there are no good women in the world. What a useless thing to say. That's a complete fabricated fallacy. That is absolutely nonsense. But, no, but remember, once you say that, where does your eye go? It goes outside towards people. Or the other ones will say, maybe somebody's doing me. Somebody somewhere out there is the reason I have not married. They have tied your destiny. Um, you know, is this and that. Notice that in all of this, you never came back to examine the content of your heart. Today, we know that what is going within, within us, inside of us, is responsible for most of the things that is happening outside of us. But in all this charade of excuses that, that, that you gave now, you never pointed back your heart. So, because you are because you already prepared, you go to a place and somebody says it's a prophet, say to you, you are not married yet. You say yes. You say, ah, no, 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 no. Somebody else did these things. You fall under the anointing. Why? Because he spoke, he's speaking the darkness in your heart. And then you listen to me, I tell you that God has no business to stop you from marrying. What do you do, God self? Even if you sin, Auntie, brother, your own sin. Now you, now, now you don't sin past everybody before. God has no business stopping you from marrying. Why? He has already, and then, uh, is he going to throw the brother from heaven or the sister from heaven? No, he has already, the person is already here. God has done his part. He has made all things abundantly available. And the, the proof of that is that while you are still struggling, people are marrying around you. Some of them you are better than. Some of them you pray more than them. Some of them you go to church more than them, but they are married. And then people say, well, they are not happy in their marriage. Are you sure? Now, just listen to me very carefully. I'm going somewhere this morning because I want us to understand what is prophecy. When we talk about prophecy, what actually is prophecy today? Oh, I'm running out of time. But let me try to round this up. So who is a prophet? The man that points you to your heart, the place of your challenge, or the one that points you to your village people? who is a prophet, the one that who can clearly articulate and show you clearly that you need to look at the content of your heart. There are things that you have welcomed, there are patterns of thoughts, there are patterns of imagination, and those things give up energy. If, for example, you have been having repeated experience, each time you get into a relationship, it ends in a particular way. Each time you get into a relationship, it ends in a particular way. Each time you end the entire relationship, now you think that all men are like that. No, sir. Pause and ask yourself why. The answer is within your heart.
Praise God. Pardon me this morning. This, this, this teaching is not about marriage or relationship, but it's okay because I got to the place where we talked about who truly is a prophet today. Who truly is prophesying? Is it the one that tells you accurately where the problem is or the one that gives you good people and give you and you keep chasing after the wind and keep getting more frustrated? Of course, I'm going to stop here, right? And I'll come back tomorrow. Since I have opened this part of, up, I'll probably talk more about this tomorrow. But don't forget what this matter is all about. Question, what is going on in your heart? No matter whatever you listen to me this morning, concerning relationship, what is going on in your heart? Concerning your children, what is going on in your heart? Is it faith or fear? Concerning your business, what is going on in your heart? Concerning your relationship with God, what is going on in your heart? Concerning what you have or what you don't have, what is going on in your heart? Are you desperately trying to get something just because you think somebody is laughing at you? Just, just because you want to prove to them, no, beloved. Let, listen, 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 listen. Okay, I'm going to stop so that I don't keep going. But I will come back tomorrow to talk more about this. Please help me share the message as much as you can. And then don't forget that this morning you have been served. Shalom.